button so you must be listening to that is effing weird and today's episode zombies right it's october sorry i'm gonna be probably coughing and drinking a lot of tea this morning i got kind of a cold but speaking of colds viruses things that go around zombies right it's a very very hot topic around this time of the year is the zombie stuff, right? I mean, the show The Walking Dead, that's been on for, what, 10, 15 years now, it seems like. It seems like zombies, they were, they had a height, right, of where they were super, like, you know, awesome. Everyone was doing it, video games, uh, TV shows, movies. There was a zombie fucking, like, it's almost like the superhero epidemic going on right now um but yeah zombies zombies we're gonna be talking about that are they real can it happen and maybe like a what would you do in this sort of scenario now i would love to hear your guys response when we get to the what would you do i will tell you what i would do i've had this conversation many of times there's there's plenty of 24-hour shifts at work that i have to pull and me and my buddies who I work with will always do these what if scenarios. And the one that always comes up is a zombie one. Like, where would you go? Everything like that. But we're not going to start that one right off. Right now, we are going to get you filled with a lot of information on zombies. Can it happen? Is it real? All that good stuff. Now, doing a little bit of research into this, I'll start off the bat and say, Yes and no, right? So why why is it yes and no, right? Well, so there are plenty of other like insects and animals that can have a zombie-like uh, parasite um, growth that goes on inside them. And I'll go over, I'll go over a couple of those uh, here in just a minute. But yes, that actually can happen. Um, it's really, it's really interesting stuff, really fascinating how some of this can go on because there's actually videos online, YouTube, you just type in YouTube zombie insect and I'm sure plenty of shit will come up. Actually, you know what? Let me, let me do a little, uh, little Google search right now to help you guys out. So, uh, all right, YouTube's YouTube's it's great. YouTube is great for the pure fact that as Probably every video under the sun that you can link, look, link for, yeah, look for. All right, so uh, zombie insect. All right, boom. First one, zombie parasite takes over insects through mind control, which, uh, yep, we will go over 10 zombie animals controlled by parasites. Boom, right there. So if you are looking to actually see how this process works, um, it's pretty disgusting. Um <laughs> It is, but you can take a look for yourself. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. That's actually uh, one of our videos that was playing in the background. Um, went to our YouTube channel. Check it out. Anyways, yes. So we'll get right into it. So the first one is an ant. Now this is calling. This is coming from. Let me get the actual website. Um, SNE or snexplorers.org. So this one, this site goes over and highlights some of those insects that we're going to be talking about. So the first one is an ant, right? 
So with this ant, um, a stock emerges from its head, and it's a fungus, right? It spores infect other ants, which completes the uh, zombie life cycle. Now, I do know that there are, like I think the first video that I pulled up on YouTube, it actually shows that this fungus coming from its head. Um, <clears throat> in order to grow and spread, its fungus must hijack the ant's brain. However weird it might not seem, weird as it may seem, uh, it isn't that unusual. The natural world is full of zombies under mind control, zombie spiders, cockroaches. Yep, we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, doesn't really go much more into the ant one itself, which I'm kind of disappointed. It would be kind of interesting to actually see or have them talk about it. Let me see if it does anywhere else. I, th I thought I read something about it a little bit further down oh yeah okay so the yep all right so the researchers keep uh so there's a bunch of researchers who like do this shit for a living right They're like <laughs> study this stuff with the zombie now quick side tangent right this is how it starts this is how the zombie outbreak starts is people fucking around with this shit testing it doing it to other fucking little creatures and then somehow it's going to go awry and it's going to bite a person or it's just going to, it's going to be the perfect compound and people aren't going to know it. Cause I, what was it? Tristan said a lot of things happen um, on accident, right? When scientists are doing stuff, I think it was a penicillin that was created by accident and actually try to create it, you know, make it. And then guess what? Boom. She just made it. Granted that was medicine, but what other times in history can we <clears throat> talk about that we didn't, you know, try to do? I guess, like, look at Chernobyl, right? Um, the hugest nuclear disaster, probably. Oh, I'm, I'm sure there's more. Shit, I think the U.S. has, like, their equivalent of Chernobyl where they just dump <laughs> waste. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's things like that where, like, you look at the animals within Chernobyl and they're different now. Like, they... If they, if they granted yes they don't have like five heads they don't have like arms and like crawling around and all that stuff but they are different um there's a lady on youtube that will go into chernobyl and like eat plants like go fishing and like all this stuff she's like yeah, yeah it's all good it's not all good like yeah okay like yeah like things are living there but like they've adapted over time what i'm getting at is I don't know what the fuck I'm getting at. I don't know why I just went off on that tangent, but animals do change, right? Oh, I think it was the whole zombie, like yeah, how it could be the perfect thing. Yeah, yeah, it's so you look at that, like what the animals were able to survive and no one, everyone thought like everything would die there, right? So it just goes to show you that sometimes accidents, things can still live. You know, you cross the ant fucking fungus one with we'll talk about like the cat parasite that has to live in other people and it's it's crazy stuff it'll it'll happen if they keep fucking around with this but getting more into what uh snexplorers.org says about the the funguses within the, the, the ants is uh the researchers keep the ants brains alive in a small petri dish uh, when the fungus was exposed to its favorite brains uh, I guess this is that is one of the, one from the ants that is natural naturally infects the, in the wild. It releases thousands of chemicals. Uh, many of these chemicals were completed were completely new to science. The fungus also released chemicals when exposed to unfamiliar brains. 
Uh, these chemicals, however, were completely different. The researchers published their results in 2014. The experiments at Penn State uh, were the first to create ant zombies in a lab. And the researchers only succeeded after setting up artificial 24-hour cycle of light and darkness for the zombie parasite, for the zombies and their parasites. So just reading a little bit more, or just kind of like picking this apart and everything like that. So researchers actually did, you know, do this study in a laboratory and they got it to work. But it seems like they had to have the actual light light cycle of like the actual light and day, which is really, I mean, I don't know how funguses work. Like I, I know mushrooms, I think are a fungus too. And I mean, it has nothing to do with anything, but it's interesting how the, I don't know if it's a, it's not a parasite, it's a fungus. The fungus needed light and darkness for it to actually work. And then when it was introduced to different brains, see, that's what I mean, right? Right there. The chemicals were completely different when it was exposed to a different kind of brain. I wonder, it doesn't say if it was human brain or not. I'm sure it was. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, 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 that, that's just the start of it right there is that they, you have scientists messing around with this stuff. And then they, I, I'm sure, I'm sure, come on now. There's no way they didn't put a human brain. Maybe it was a rat brain, but like a, you know, I think we talked about this uh, in one of the fishbowls ones where it was uh, Miracle, Miracle, Miracle Mike, I think it was. Mir yeah, Miracle Mike, uh, the chicken that could live with its head cut off for uh, one year, right? And it just goes to show, like, yeah, humans can't live without their, their heads. They, they can't. But the fact that they were able to get this chicken to live was a stepping stone in figuring out how humans could, right? Now, I haven't heard very much in science with um, that actually happening now. I'm, I'm sure it is. Like, I, I didn't know that researchers were messing around with ant fungus on, you know, in a laboratory, but, but they are. I'm pretty sure there's other things going around. Um, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll keep moving on from here. Um, the soul-sucking wasp. <laughs> All right, so uh, um, wasps, <coughs> excuse me, one wasp. Oh, boy, this is, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try my best to pronounce this. I, I remember reading this article, and there's a lot of, a lot of big words, and uh, I suck at pronouncing it. So, uh, recliniververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververververv
Parasoid sucking its host spider dry, weaving a cocoon. Type that into uh, YouTube. You'll <laughs> you'll see it. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. Um, I had gone over something like this um, before. In it, it was the Giants episode way back, and there was another WAPS that kind of does the same thing. And I, I described it kind of like. Um, the alien from, or the face hugger from uh, the movie Aliens, right? And I, f- I feel like, I guess, just the wasp family. I don't know if it's a family or species, uh, but nevertheless, the wasps in general seem to do this more often than not, where they um, they use hosts for their for their larvae. You know, they they. For, yeah, that's just it's weird stuff where they they need it's just weird in nature how that actually happens. Now I'm wondering if like some some movie directors actually like find this stuff out and they put it in there, and the us as the audience are like, ooh, wouldn't that be weird if it was real? And it, it turns out it actually is. Moving on though, the jewel wasp, um, that one attacks a cockroach, so it needs something needs a bug twice twice its size to do this. So I guess the Cockroach is the perfect host for it. So the Jewel of Wasp sting takes away the cockroach's ability to move on its own. Now, reading this one, this one is a lot like, oh, I wish I could remember. It's a lot like the one that I mentioned in the Giants episode. If you want to, go over to that episode, listen to uh, listen to it. I go over a couple of Giants, and one of those is those wasps. But this sounds kind of similar to what I talked about before. So the Jewel of Wasp takes the cockroach's ability to move on its own. Uh, but it follows like a dog on a leash when the wasp pulls on its antenna. <laughs> pulls on its antennas. So, all right. So, this wasp goes and stings the cockroach, right? And then, I guess this the sting or the chemicals from the 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 stinger or whatever just kind of makes the body just like a standby robot where it just sits there, doesn't do anything, right? And then. <laughs> The wasp pulls on its antennas like a. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that's so funny. I just find that very funny. It would be interesting to see that actually in real life. So the wasp leads the cockroach to her nest and lays an egg on it. Yep, just like the other wasp that I talked about. And then she leaves, sealing the egg inside the nest with its dinner. When the egg hatches, the larva slowly devours its host. Being a zombie, the cockroach never tries to fight back or escape. Ah, that would be really, really interesting to kind of actually watch that whole scenario play out and everything um, to actually see what it, see what, like, what that cockroach is actually doing. Half and everything like that. So it takes about 10 to 15 minutes after it's stung um, to actually, you know, have that robot like state happen. But, Scientists are saying if that uh, if that host did not have a brain, it would take less than a minute for that to work, which is you know, um, kind of kind of cool. So the venom might. So the scientists aren't exactly sure, I guess, with what actually is going on with the stinger and the cockroach's body. But it says here that the venom interferes with a chemical in the roach's brain called octo octopamine 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 october. Oh, October. October pine. Hey, man. 
I really need to learn how to read. Okay, so it's O-C-T-O-P-A-M-I-N-E. I swear, I can read. I read all the time. It's just not big words. It's not like comic books, right? But I read. I read. I just need to read better, I guess. More better. <laughs> but yeah, the chemical helps the cockroach stay alert, walk, and perform other tasks. Uh, when researchers injected a substance similar to that compound, not going to pronounce it again, into the zombie cockroaches, the insects began walking again. Huh. When researchers injected a substance similar to it into a zombie cockroach, the insects began walking again. Weird. So it almost seems like there's just a right amount that coming from the wasp that makes it, you know, that zombie-like state. But then when scientists do it again, or maybe, because it, it, it says it's a similar compound, so maybe it's not similar enough. It, yeah, it could be, but it's just not the, it's not the, it's not, it's, it's like, um, oh, what would you say, like great value peanut butter? Yeah, it's peanut butter, but there's just something off about it. It's not, it's not nutty enough. You know what I mean? So I feel like, I think like nature just knows that it's something's not right and it just won't work. Um, moving on, we got the California killfish infected with a worm called, oh gosh, <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> um, Yulful Polacris California. I don't think I said that right. E U P A P. Let me start again. E U H A. P-L-O-R-C-H-I-S, Californias. Okay, that one was easy. That's the first word. Whatever. Uh, it's a single fish. May have more than a thousand of these worms living on the surface of its brain. Um, the, the wormier the brain, the more likely the fish is to behave strangely. Uh, they call it the zombie fish. Um, and the reason why is it tends to dart towards the surface, twisting its body around or rubbing against rocks. All these actions make it easier for birds to see the fish. Um, it's almost like the infected fish want to get eaten. So the parasite can only, oh, okay. So uh, this makes a little bit of, so this parasite, right? Uh, reading a little bit more into this, but it's, it doesn't affect the fish in a way where it's just swimming around aimlessly. It acts normal, right? The only thing different is that it has the urge, I guess, to swim towards the surface and like hit rocks and everything like that. And that's due to the the worms on its brain. There is a there is a picture of it and it it's very it's very weird. It's just a, it looks like a bunch of black dots on on the surface of its brain. Um each time yeah so each tiny dot contains one worm curled up inside a single fish brain may host thousands of these parasites. The more worms, the more the fish acts out of its way. That makes it easier for the bird to catch it. Now, why? Why Why does this parasite do this, right? Why does this parasite make this fish do this? Uh, so the parasite can only reproduce inside a bird. So it alters the fish's behavior in a way to attract birds. Infected fish are... 10 to 30 more times likely to get eaten when it's infected by this. Um, oh, that's crazy. Okay, yeah. Uh, they are studying the chemical process behind the zombie fish's bird-seeking behavior. So far, it seems that the zombie fish may 
maybe less stressed out than other normal than other fish. Researchers know that the chemical change should happen to a killfish brain when something such as sight of a bird on the prowl stressed it out. But the zombie fish's brain, these chemicals change. Changes don't occur, seem to occur. So I guess when fish see birds or notice a bird or something like that, they get stressed, which is weird. How can you, how can you tell when a fish gets stressed? I guess by I guess by it swimming away. So in in this instance, it it doesn't. It's just so I, I wonder I wonder if this is like the life cycle of this parasite, right? So it I, again I have no idea where it started. That's almost like the whole which was first the chicken or the egg, but so it starts somewhere. Uh, it well yeah it starts somewhere. I don't, I don't fucking know. Anyways, it's in the water. Let's start there. It starts in the water, affects this fish, right? Then it swims to the surface, gets eaten by this, by this, uh, by this bird. Bird ingests it, you know, it creates more fucking worms or the other life cycle. Maybe it's like the 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 eggs or whatever, and then it shits it out, falls in the water light starts again and it's just it keeps repeating because like again like how how would the fish become infected with this the first time i guess it's just the birds are shitting in the water with these with past infected fish and that's how it happens again maybe not maybe a different animal fucking has it and it like shits the eggs out in the water and then the the fish eat that and then i i don't know i don't know it'd be really interesting to see the whole life cycle of this parasite um, there are some more, there are some more that we're going to go over real quick. Um, okay. So there is a single celled creature called oh Oxo, Oxoplasma Gandhii. I'm pretty sure that's how you spell it or pronounce it. It's O, it's T O X O P L A S M A. G-O-N-D-I-I is a single-celled creature that can only complete its life cycle inside a cat. Uh, this uh, this parasite must live for a time in a different animal, though, such as a rat. To ensure this part-time host gets eaten by a cat, the parasite turns the rats into cat-loving zombies. Which I've heard something like this before that have, like, <laughs> there's something in cats' shit, right? And when the human, you, me, I have cats, goes and picks up the litter box, right? It, like it's these little spores or whatever you you breathe it in, and it affect, it affects you. And what's the whole purpose? It makes you love cats more. I think I find that weird. Like what? Like I, I, I that doesn't need to happen. I love these little fucking creatures, regardless. I got my cats sitting right next to me, but yeah, it's. I've heard that one before. Um, so I wonder if this is the same thing that everyone is referring to. So and then we go on to another one in Thailand, a species of fungus <coughs> can force an ant to climb almost ex- exactly 20 centimeters, about eight inches up a plant to face north and then bite down on a leaf. And it makes the ant do this when the sun is at its highest point in the sky this provides ideal conditions for fungus to grow and release its 
spores. So I wonder if this is that's the same fungus that we talked about earlier, where you know the fungus, the whole the whole night and day thing. Oh, this is, but fungus are so weird because it's a fungus is a fungus. It's not a parasite. It's not. I mean, a fungus is living in a weird way. So, I, yeah, I wonder if this is. I wonder if this is the same kind of realm that they uh, they're talking about. So, in short, do do zombies exist? I'd say yes. I'd say yes. Because I mean, well, here's the here's the thing: is that Hollywood has portrayed them in a way where zombies, um, you know, die, come back to life, start eating brains. Now, a lot of this stuff, though, a lot of like the fungus, the parasites that we talked about, do indeed affect the brain in a certain way. Do they die? Mm, doesn't seem like they die, but a lot of the stuff is immobilized, and they're just, you know what? Let's 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 do this real quick. Definition of zombie. <coughs> All right. Uh, okay. There's a, there's a couple of couple of different ones. So a a corpse said to be revived by witchcraft, especially in certain African and Caribbean religions. A person. Or a person or reanimated corpse that can that has been turned into a creature capable of movement, but not of rational thought, which feeds on human flesh. A person who is or appears lifeless, apathetic, or completely unresponsive to their surrounds surroundings. A cocktail consisting of several kinds of rum. Liquor or fruit juice. We're definitely not talking about that one. So I think so. The informal definition, that's what it says, of a zombie is a person who is or appears lifeless, apathetic, or completely unresponsive to their surroundings. Now, if you just take away person and you just put thing or creature or insect. So all right, let's re- let's remove person with insect. A insect who is or appears lifeless, apathetic, or completely unresponsive to their surroundings. See, I feel like that would fit. 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 Where the cockroach, the, the perfect, the, uh, what was it called? The, it was the wasp. What is it called? Oh, the jewel, the jewel wasp. Um, the jewel wasp in this instance does this to the cockroach, where it turns it completely unresponsive to their surroundings. Because if the cockroach could, it would try to get its way out of the nest or whatever, out of the hole before that. The, you know, before it laid eggs and started getting devoured, right? So I feel like this that would fit the definition of zombie is that if you you know just replace that word person with insect yeah so to me yeah like for humans no obviously 
there's been no documentation. There's been nothing. Well, actually, we'll get to that in just a second. But wrapping up this piece right here, where that actually within the other animal kingdom, there are things that go on that turn other creatures into zombie like, um, you know, creatures who appears to be lifeless, apathetic person reanimated corpse. So, like the, the whole ant one, it, it's just. The ant and the fish one, I, I wouldn't call it zombie. Completely unresponsive. Because it's based on the de- actual definition, the fish, their behavior changes. They don't turn them into zombies. It's not like, again, it's not like the fish is just sits in one spot at the surface, you know, just swimming in circles and then waits to get eaten. Because to me, if, if that were the case, if the fish one the fish just swam in a straight line, bumped into a rock, and then just, you know, almost like, just like, yeah, I guess you call it like, just like a computerized fucking fish where it just, just goes, just has nothing, doesn't matter. To me, that would be, that would make more sense for it to be a zombie fish. But to me, it's not. It's just, it behavior changes. Um, almost the same thing with like the, the, the rat, the, uh, what whatever it was called, Gandhi, whatever, whatever. That one, again, not necessarily a, a zombie. It just changed the behavior within the rat to want to get eaten, I guess, by the cat. So again, not zombie. It doesn't fit the definition of zombie in my mind. And then, what was the the other one? Was the the ant the fungus one? The fungus one is just weird to me. Because it doesn't really, it, all, all it really does is it just infects other ants for this fungus to grow. So it's, to me, it's almost like a tumor, not necessarily a, a fungus. Or, you know, it, like my, my <laughs> it is a fungus. It's a, it, it's more of a tumor than anything like zombie-like, where it just like, it just wants to keep growing. So... That's that, those are my thoughts on this. The zombies, I, in some of the instances, I feel like the wasp one more, more or less. Yes, when I feel like that happened, where it, it's turning into a zombie, the cockroach. But the other ones, no, no. So I guess, do they really? No, no. But yeah, did. <laughs> I'm just kind of going in circles right now, but yes, in short, there there are I think a few legitimate ones, but the other ones, I would just maybe chalk it up as yeah, it's it's not. But moving on to actual proof that zombies do exist. Now I've had this again. I've had this conversation with my wife actually, um, and I'll tell you right now, it's where they're saying it does exist is from. Uh, the Bible. Now, if you, I haven't read, I have not read, r- written, I've not read the Bible front to back, right? Um, if if you are religious and you do know some of these or whatever, I'd love to hear your opinion. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because uh, it actually it goes into actual um, chapters and it goes into like the actual where it says it in the Bible. We're going to go over that in just a second. But according to the this publisher from skeptic <laughs> skepticscience.com, he goes over 
a handful of a handful of um, blurbs within the Bible. I'm going to read a couple of them. You tell me what you think. I'll tell you what I think. So, uh, in Matthew's fiction, fictitious account of a Jewish Messiah, it reads the following: "And behold, the veil of the temple was." rent in twine from the top to the bottom and the earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared onto menu that's matthew 27 51 through 53 so again they i know so there are people, or I shouldn't say the people, there are there are religions that take the Bible and take it word from word. So like everything in there is exactly as it happened. And then there are other religions where they use these passages as almost like stories or like, I mean, obviously there's stories, but well, I mean, not, not obviously, but like, use them as I don't know what would you call them like not quotes but just like passages they're not okay so they don't they don't take them literally right they just okay so a big thing and I talk about this all right sorry got to do it aliens UFOs right so when in the Bible specifically when it talks about chariots coming from the sky right well, they didn't know what's they didn't know what an airplane, a spacecraft, a UFO was back in the day. So what are you gonna call something that comes from the sky? A chariot, right? That's really the closest thing. You could call it like a wagon, whatever, but similar you're not gonna come up the word UFO is not gonna be in there. They're gonna describe it closely to what they what they know, right? It's almost like it's take us, we're calling them UFOs when indeed they could be something else. But at the time period right now, we just, we, that is what we know them as a flying object. It may not even be a flying object. It may, might be like an interdimensional, like time thing. And what we're calling them a flying object when in reality, they're maybe they're not flying. They're like, an, they're an illusion. Who knows? Right. So that's what I'm getting at as far as like this, right? So, when it says that um, uh, the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, could it have been that the the earth just moved, right? And then bodies were not, you know, very far underneath the ground and they just fucking came to the surface, right? And they came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Uh, that part I can't. Uh, I don't have really an explanation just for that. So like, and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So that's. I see that's something that my my wife my wife and I have conversations about is like, are they describing exactly what happened or is this something where it's just because it doesn't say they walked right doesn't say that so it could have been that they the bodies came to the surface and they're like ah they're alive and then they they picked them up put them on a stretcher or a wagon or whatever they had back in the day and brought them into the city city and they were like yeah the 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 fucking dude just 
came up from the grave, right? It doesn't say that they walked. So this is what I like. This is why I'm not going to say I have issues with, but like, that's why it's like when it's, I want to know, like, I want to know what they meant. What, what did they really mean by all of this? But again, there are those religions where it's like, no, this is actually like word for word. What, what happened? So, uh, but there are, there are a few more and we're, we're going to read over those too. So, uh, the author of this, this article goes on to explain, um, um, let's see here. So that there are a couple of observations here. We have an earthquake and we have zombies. Dead people arose and wandered into the city. That's what the author is saying. But again, I said like they didn't wander. It doesn't say that they walked. It just says that they went into the city. Again, that could have been a multitude of things. The earthquake could have they could have been buried on the side of a hill. I don't know. And then they slid into the city. I don't know. That's probably far fetched. Um uh, because in other areas, I don't know about you, but for me, both an earthquake and also Night of the Living Dead were events that tend to attract a bit of attention. It's not only the soul zombie example. We also have Lazarus, uh, John 11, the passage in the book of Revelations 11, 10 through 11 that described a purpose a supposed future event in which two dead prophets rise up and strike terror into all. And also in Ezekiel uh, 14, 12, which reads, uh, their flesh will rot while they stand on their feet and their eyes will rot in their sockets and their tongues will rot in their mouth. On that day, a large scale panic from the Lord will spread among them. One person will grab the hand of another and one will attack the other. So to me, okay, so that, I mean, right there, the author even says that this this didn't happen yet, right? So, according to the Bible, that's like that's all stuff that has happened, I, for the most part. But I do know Revelations is something that has not happened yet. That's like a prophecy of the future, right? So this the author even acknowledges that this technically hasn't happened yet, but this is something that is supposed to happen. And I mean, like there, the description is a little bit more accurate as to a zombie, right? Where the flesh will rot and their eyes will be rotting, tongues will rot. Yeah. And then, yeah. So like that description fits more zombie-like, right? But it does not say that they rose from the dead. And if we go back to our definition of a zombie... Let me pull it up real quick. Definition of come on, stop. Definition of zombie. A corpse said to be revived by witchcraft, especially in certain, okay, a popular or a person or a reanimated corpse that has been turned into a creature capable of movement, but not of rational thought, which feeds on human. And I see now it, in that one, it doesn't say that they're feeding on humans it said they were attacking or not necessarily attacking it just says that one person will grab the other hand and the one oh no yeah will attack the other so it it does say that it does attack so it is like according to the that passage they, they are responsive and the one of the definitions is completely unresponsive Lifeless. Eh, it just says that they're rotting. Witchcraft. 
I don't know. I, I would maybe fit that. I, I could see this being classified like this right there to be a zombie. Um, so the author goes on to say it can, of course, be argued that both Zechariah and also Revelations are symbolic and not described literally, literal as literal, geez, as literal events. But you cannot make that the claims of Frar Matthew, it claims to be an accurate historical record. So you are faced with rather stark choice. Either it's accurate that they really, there really was an earthquake and zombies, or it's not accurate. Again, there's that there is not one other side, one single mention uh, by any other writer, and that the fact that the, the dead people didn't rise up, the only rational conclusion that is not accurate. This, of course, presents a critical challenge to another who advocate the Bible to be a book of truth. So again, that that's kind of what I was talking about, where like there are some religions that take every word from the Bible being accurate and being truthful. And it's word for word, that is actually what happened. And then there's others that are like, no, they're just, they're trying to say something in a way that we just don't understand. Right. But it, like you can still get like stories. I, I'm sorry. I like I'm <coughs> I know I'm I know I'm squeaking a lot in this. If you can't tell, I said it the episode, I have a cold, and part of that is my throat's kind of dry. <sighs> but drinking tea, throat coat, it's great. Um <laughs> as I squeak again. <laughs> but again, it's one of those things where it, I don't know. It's I guess. What do you What do you guys think? Do you think it's something where it, it the Bible is actually accurate stories, or they're just, I guess, just things that you should take and kind of reflect upon? You know, because I mean, almost uh, what is it? there's a story where, um, oh, I can't remember. I don't. My English teacher she she back in high school she told me this i always i always remember i think there's it's been brought up many of times i think but it's uh, uh a grandson is sitting with his grandfather and the grandfather tells a story of two different wolves one's like greed um envy or greed ego like all this all this stuff that's not good and the other one the other wolf is like passion um forgiveness like all this you know good stuff and then the grandson's like all right well well the grandfather's like all right well there's two wolves inside of you fighting all the time and he like he gives those examples and then the grandson's like well which one wins and the grandfather's like well which whatever wolf you feed will win so it's like it's almost like i feel like that could almost be you know a like a bible story in a, in a way and it's it's one of those things where I don't know. It's you you as the the person have to ask yourself like, is everything in this book actual, or is it are they just stories in a way where they're not very accurate? Something might have happened, but um, I'm wondering if that there's. It looks like there might be. No, uh, it looks like those were the only two two examples from the Bible. <clears throat> so some view, some view it as divine 
inspired and that every word is true, which we have talked about. Some view it as scared text, just not a text that communicates the unaltered word of God. They see it instead of true divine inspired theology mixed with foreign elements that can sometimes be inconsistent. If so, then who gets to decide what is truth? Some view it as truly human product, propaganda crafted by from the minds of men to persuade you to embrace a specific belief. Um, let's see here. Believers, when faced with this challenge, argue this part of Matthew did not literally happen, that it perhaps inspired inspired by a scripture, Ezekiel 37, and is not to be taken as factual reporting. But when it comes to anything else in Matthew, such as um, uh, deeply unpopular, gosh, what a surprise. Nope, sorry, you don't please to play. You don't, don't please to play. You get this out of jail free card. So it seems like, I don't know, the author, I, the author is by Dave, <laughs> but um, that's a reliable source. But I, I mean, the, the author does, you know, bring up two examples one in the Bible saying that, you know, like these are, I guess, the only written accounts of zombification in human history. So, I mean, you take it for what it's worth. I mean, granted, like every religion, every everyone's different. Every belief is different. That's fine. That's, that's all dandy. I don't know if there is um, other accounts within other beliefs, other, you know, religious beliefs. If there are accounts of zombies, it'd be really interesting to, if you are practicing different religion and there are something of that, I'd love to hear it. Shoot in the comments, and we can uh, we can talk about it a little bit more. Because I'm sure the other hosts have something to say about this too. I will bring this. Uh, I will put this topic, especially like zombies, within the fishbowl. We have a fishbowl coming out this month. We will put that in there. I'll bring up some of these to get their responses too on on this, so we can so we can uh, yeah, so we can see what their thoughts are too. Um, we got we got a little bit of time left, um, and I, I said we were going to do like a, what would you do, and I will I will bring up the what would you do in in some of the situations that like have been asked of me. Um, so there's, there's a couple of different ways we can we can go about this, right? We can we can start it as a what would you do at this very second zombie outbreak happens? Like what are, what are your plans? And we can also do it at the at the what would you do if you had time to prep? Like it's almost like a video game world where it's like you get to choose your location, your supplies, like all that good stuff. So we will start with the first one. Like, what would you do at this very second if you just saw a zombie outside your window or busted in your door? What would you do? Right. So Starting from that aspect of it, what would I do in that sort of situation? Or we'll we'll just say zombies crawling at the door, you know, scratching at the door, wants to get in. Not talking about the bedroom door because that's unfair, right? We'll 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 talk. We'll say the we have a little bit of time. We'll say the house door, right? Well, first thing I do is barricade it, right? I'd probably barricade all of the uh, all of the all the doors, all the easy access points, and everything like that. Probably go upstairs. 
and then start throwing stuff down into the uh, stairwell to block it off even more in case they do get in from the downstairs. But before that, got to grab food. Grab, you know, dry food, canned food from downstairs, bring it upstairs, right? Um, I'd start there. Make sure I have my cats and my wife too. Bring them upstairs. Then I would probably start looking online. Probably get, probably have my wife try to figure out or call some people, figure out like what actually is going on. Um, you know, probably call family members too, you know, just as a, as a precautionary thing. Cause who knows when, like, cause if that, cause you know that all the electricity, like all the, the power grid things, like it's going to probably start going right. Cause according to every movie that we've ever watched that happens. So get those one last minute ones. Like we got at least got to talk to them anyways, try to figure out what's going on. Um, start getting clothes, backpack, you know, start getting things ready in the event that we had to leave the house, probably grab whatever useful, like don't have any guns or anything like that, but maybe grab like, shit, what could I use as a fucking weapon in here? I got a tripod. I could use that to poke a zombie in the face, but uh, yeah, I would try to find something weapon-like to fend off zombies. I probably um, want to get barricaded into one room centrally located and just wait there. Um, I know like, so the way my room is designed is one of my windows leads onto a shed that we could then get out into the ground. So in that event, we would be okay. We would have an exit route. Um, and probably we just wait it out. Not, I'm not again, it like it's, yeah, it's going to suck, but wait it out. See what kind of what happens for a couple of days. And then kind of see, obviously you don't want to go into the cities. Everyone knows that. Like that is like, you look at the walking dead, you look at night of the living dead, like all that stuff. You, you never go into the city because that has the most people obviously. Right. So probably, you know, head out into the country and try to find something there to like lay low and, you know, start a garden, uh, build a huge wall and yada, yada, yada. So initially, yeah, that I wouldn't want to go or move anywhere in the event that, you know, they can get a handle on the situation. Um, but it gives you time to prep. It gives you time to like gather your thoughts, like not running out into the street right away. You don't get a plan. Um, so I, I currently live in Germany. I think I've said this a couple of times on the show. If, if you're new to the show, don't know that. Yeah, I'm located in Germany. So my big thing was I would want to get back to the states. That it's just uh, that's home, right? So like it gives us, it gives you a purpose at least. It's like something to shoot for, um, but specifically Alaska. And here's the reason why Alaska. Now I know everyone's like it's fucking cold there. Do you think a zombie can survive? in the cold in, in if you're from Alaska and you're listening to this, you know that it gets to like, this is again, Fahrenheit, not Celsius, but it gets down to like negative 40, negative 50 there. I don't think a zombie who has rotting flesh is going to be able to move very well in the, those sort of conditions. And everyone is like, no, nah, like I'd go down South or, you know, like zombies are going to be, they're going to be moving just fine. They're going to be, yeah, they're going to be like little athletes down there. But <clears throat> Not in Alaska. Alaska, they're going to be sucking, right? And what can you do when it actually hits wintertime? Find the zombies, lob off their heads, you know, 
like you, you'd be able to roam around. I feel like a little bit more up in Alaska during the winter time than you would be able to anywhere else. So that would, that would, I would. And my wife loves Alaska too, so I, I wouldn't have an issue to try to convince her to go there. And I, a lot of people are like, I wouldn't want to go to Alaska. It's so cold. Yes, it's cold, but at a certain point. It's just all the same. When it gets to like negative 20, negative 30, it's just all the same. You just got to make sure your skin is a little bit more covered and you're not outside as long. It just, it feels the same. Um, again, I grew up in cold weather, so maybe I'm, I don't know. This is just me talking. I know some people don't like the cold, but in the zombie zombie apocalypse, the zombie outbreak type thing, I mean, Alaska might be looking pretty good. And here's the thing though, is like in Alaska, they're like, well, it gets, there's like, they, I hate, I love the movie 30 Days a Night, but that gives Alaska a bad rap for always being dark for like 30 days. There are some parts where, the, yes, like that, that kind of happens, but not entirely accurate. Where, so like take Fairbanks, Alaska, or whatever. I've lived there for three, four years. It, in the summertime, it does, it gets, the sun will crest the horizon for a couple hours and then go back down. So you still get sunlight. There's no not there's not 30 days of darkness or whatever, but in the summertime, the sun never goes away. So the summers really make up for the winters, I feel like, because it does get hot, as surprising as that is. There's no AC there. So you have to have a lot of fans, right? I mean, some people have AC, right? But for the majority of it, there is no AC up there. There's really no point. Um, but I think the summers make up for it. And then again, in the summertime, like you've killed all the zombies off. You don't have to worry about it. You can still enjoy normal life, right? For the most part. So that would be my initial probably plan agenda, but getting, (laughs) getting from Germany to Alaska would probably take years, years, years upon years because, because it's not normal transportation, right? We would probably have to, I, I don't want to say drive because if, I mean, driving, yes, would get us, obviously it's the fastest thing, but it causes the most noise and everything. So I don't know. And I, I feel like roads would be blocked, you know? So maybe uh, biking would take forever. I, the whole process of just getting there would take forever. So maybe it not... I guess I could accomplish the same thing just going further north here in Europe, but I wouldn't want to stay in Europe, I guess. I don't know. Like I just, at that point, I, I may, maybe, maybe that would be the smartest thing to do, but yeah, maybe I would have to take a look into that. Cause I, again, like, I guess I, yeah, shit, but I don't know if it gets, like, it has to get that cold here. It doesn't get that cold here in Germany. Fuck no. Like it, the way I'm getting to sound like a meteorologist now. Well, it, when it gets cold here, it snows a little bit. It it snows. It gets cold. Yes, but it's nothing compared to Alaska, and that's why I'd want to go there. It's because I know I feel like zombies would not be able to live there. Now again, I'd have to do a little bit of research. My geography is fucking horrible, and I'd have to see if if there's any place within Europe. There has to be. I, I feel like an idiot right now. There there's gonna be. So you know what? Scratch it. Maybe not go to Alaska. Just head up north towards whatever gets that cold i guess the equivalent of alaska here in europe and just do that and live there so that that's probably what i would do in that sort of situation 
Now, flipping the coin though, playing it as if you you have all the time in the world, right? And you can pick any location, anything. You can pick, you know, your vehicle, your your doomsday vehicle of choice, your location, everything like that. I always said that I would probably go inside like a Home Depot or a Lowe's or maybe like a Walmart, something like that. Like a big convenience store. Now, again, like it would be hard as shit to barricade all that. I'm not thinking like that. Like, actually, you know, once, <laughs> one time, I, I think at one time I said I would sit, uh, want to be in a Goodwill. Because, I mean, honestly, Goodwill has everything except for food, obviously. I'm sure there's some that do have food. But uh, no shit, Goodwill has everything. I mean, it's not new. Like, they have a lot of clothes. Like, a lot of, like, electronics and things probably are, you know, not the greatest. I've seen plenty of power tools there and everything. They got shake shake weights so you can work out and everything. So that's that's a plus. Um but like Home Depot or LOs, I feel like you could build and you could barricade yourself in because I've got shit ton of wood, but you know, you can make stuff, I feel like. And you like you'd be set. But again, the food aspect, you wouldn't have any food, so you'd have to venture out. Um, but I know they have a gardening section where you could you could possibly like, you know, bring dirt from outside inside, start planting your own stuff. So like that piece to it would make sense. Um Walmart's Honestly, you have everything. There, there's a fucking a hunting section. There's food. Granted, the food's not gonna stay good forever. Like that meat in the, you'd have to essentially you'd have to move everything to those frozen uh, freezers. But again, we talked about that power grid goes out. You're gonna have a lot of rotting fruit. Oh, I didn't even think. I don't. Even, I don't think I ever thought about that. That all that food would just go bad. That whole store would smell like ass. Oh, that would smell horrible. I guess if you were like, you know, thinking like, take what you can, store it, because they have coolers and everything like that, but those aren't going to last. Those aren't going to last forever. The coolers aren't, you know, full of ice. They're only going to last a little bit. So, I mean, I guess you could make it work for a little bit, but as far as like barricading everything, I don't know how well that would go. I don't know. I don't know the layout of a Walmart store. I've never been in the the back rooms, the secret rooms. Um, but like that's that's why I chose like a a big store like that. Again, I would I would want to have a lot of people with me, so I could, you know, help, um, or they could help barricade all that stuff and everything like that, like the entrances and those entrances are big. They are big. I don't know. I might I might just stick with a Goodwill. Goodwill. Goodwill has everything. Or Savers. Savers or Value Village. Any any thrift store like place might be might be the way to go. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. I'd love to hear what what you would do in these sort of zombie, you know, scenarios. You can play it both way, right? So let me let me know what you think. Hope you learned some stuff about zombies today and everything like that. Like the fact that in part of the, like the actual, you know, the world that we live in, there are creatures that, you know, <laughs> have some of that stuff happen to them, have fungus growing from their heads. They have other creatures hunting them down, stabbing stuff in their their backs, uh, using them as a host for for their for their species to keep living. And then we also have the whole aspect of like things passages from the Bible saying that it possibly could have happened. 
depends on you as the reader what you want to what you want to look at as right so let me know what your thoughts are on the whole zombie situation um love to hear it hit us up on those social media accounts those twitters the youtube if you know how twitter works please let us know i have no fucking clue we get like our little show in twitter that we have a new video up um tiktok we we post a little highlight videos all the time same with the youtube and instagram we just toss up cool pictures we effing weird pictures uh but yeah just remember one thing that we don't want stuff that's normal we want stuff that's effing weird